And I want to present this plaque. We have over a million subscribers. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Thank you. And I really think this is where we see the power of a team. I'm just, I'm really thankful. And I'm thankful for our community. And thank you for each person that made us get to this goal. And we appreciate you. Thank you, guys. We thank love you. you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Hello everyone and thank you so much. We've reached 1 million subscribers and to say thank you, we're making a video of a couple lucky people that got selected um, where Robert Kiyosaki will be answering the questions you asked. So thank you for joining us, Robert. You're this welcome. <laughs> they may not like my answers, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, this is still exciting for all the fans out there and, and Robert, you're here going to be personally answering their questions. So okay. let's get to the first one. Um, DeClava Brown asked, what are your thoughts on turnkey properties as an investment? Not much. <laughs> Next question. No, look, look, you guys. As young people, you only got two choices at this point. You're going to take the easy road or you're going to take the hard road. Mm -hmm. And like uh, when I was in high school, my future was dim because I, I flunked out of high school at 15 and 17. And the reason is because I couldn't write. And today I've sold more books than most people. So I'm a writer, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't take the hard route. And the reason I couldn't write was because I was a surfer. Now I love surfing and I had dreams of someday becoming a professional surfer. And then I kind of, it dawned on me that I was, my, my friends were cool guys. You know, they're good looking, they have great bodies and they're all cool and drinking and smoking and having a good time. I didn't do any of that stuff but they lack discipline. And that was the thing I said, you know, they have no discipline. They're cutting class, they're doing this, and where am I gonna wind up if I follow them? So I kind of woke up and I realized I needed discipline. Now discipline is not punishment because there is punishment. You see, if you're not disciplined, the world will punish you. But also, you will punish yourself. Mm -hmm. So I kind of realized that, and that's why I, I applied for military school. I, nobody thought I could get in because my grades were Ds and Fs, but I had high SAT scores. And so I went to a military school in New York, and I have found discipline. And then I joined the Marine Corps for more discipline. And then I became a pilot in Vietnam for more discipline. So when I meet most people today, and I'm the same way, we all want the easy road. Give me the easy answer. So let me ask you this, you know, if you invest with Warren Buffett, or if I had invested with Warren Buffett in 1970, I'd be a very rich man today. But would I have learned anything? No. So the reason I didn't, you know, my friends were all investing with Buffett and all that, and they made, they're multimillionaires today. They didn't learn jack. Mm -hmm. So I took the hard road, the disciplinary road. I lost my ass. I got my butt kicked. I went up and I went down. I cried, I went up and I'm down. And today, I'm a rich man, not because of the money, because I went up and down. I had self-discipline. I learned a lot. And I'm glad I didn't invest with Warren Buffett, because if I had invested with Buffett, I'd be making money only. Yeah. I'd rather have the life experience. So the question is, is do I want managed funds and all? That's your choice. But it sounds like a wimpy choice to me. You know, we study 
Nazim Taleb, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Anti-fragile and fragile, and the other one was robust. robust. Mm -hmm. So can you explain that to this young man? So, I, I mean, it basically just comes down to, and I agree with you, I think education is more important than Ever. having having everything solved for you. Right. You know, turnkey property, you literally just have to turn the key and everything's done for you. And so it's, what do you learn from that? When you're robust, things can hit you and you can you can you have the resistance right so you can you're strong you're strong you can face it but you don't grow from it and then when you're fragile you you let things hurt you to the point where you don't grow from it right and you don't prosper and and flourish from them and then when you're anti-fragile you can take the hits but you allow yourself to grow and learn from that experience you get stronger you get stronger and so the thing you want to do is, the irony of it is, is if you're fragile and you take these hits, which I did, I've lost millions. I've had people steal so much money from me, mm -hmm. friends and family, and not family, but friends steal money from me. People I work with steal money from me. Was that good or bad? Well, it depends. If I was fragile, I'd crack, I'd be depressed. And You'd crumble. Drinking. Mm -hmm. But because I went through all that discipline of military school, the Marine Corps and all that, when these SOBs stole my money, I got stronger. Thank you, Robert. So then John Sheridan asked, for those pursuing careers in desired fields, for instance, I'm a registered nurse about to become a nurse practitioner. I'm not an entrepreneur, nor do I truly desire it. I do desire building wealth. How does someone recommend focusing on asset building in a world where individuals don't necessarily desire to be an entrepreneur? Congratulations. That's the best news I've heard. You better know who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the most, you know, to thine self be true. You know, it's not that, you know, when I, when I was your age, I was a high paid employee. Yeah. I had very high paying jobs. I just hated it. Why? I wanted a challenge. It was the same question about fragile or anti-fragile being robust. And as we've talked about, you know, who stole my pension here, in 1974, most of my classmates went to fly for United Airlines and US Air and all those guys. They're all broke today. They're making like, you know, 450,000 a year as a pilot for United, but then they found out somebody stole their pension. So they didn't learn anything. Yeah. They took the easy route. And thank God I decided I didn't want to be an employee. I wanted to take the hard route. And that made all the difference. Now I've lost probably $50 million in the process. <laughs> they only lost their pension. But losing $50 million made me smarter and stronger. But if you don't want to go through that, that's really, really smart. So being a nurse practitioner, fantastic. You're in the right profession at the right time. I would just suggest you get the cash flow board game and play it 10 times yeah. and then decide what you want to do. So if you choose to be a nurse practitioner, again, this is E-S-B-I. You're choosing this and you'll pay 40% in taxes. taxes. If you become a self-employed nurse, you'll pay 60% in taxes. This is all over the world. If you run a nursing agency, and you have 500 nurses, you might pay 20% in taxes. And if you're a professional and inside investor, not an outside, I don't buy stocks, mutual funds, and ETFs, 
you can do it for zero percent. So you can be a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. The question is, which quadrant? You know, I could be a pilot, which quadrant? Yeah. I, have no, I have no desire to run in airlines, but I can invest in airlines. So that's where the education comes. The most important thing about the cash flow board game is this. It goes to this here, that's a financial statement. And most people on this side, E's and S's, all they want is income. These guys want assets. And assets put money in your pocket this way. So I'm glad you know what profession you want to do, and you're probably happier being an entrepreneur, an employee, great. Yeah. But play the cash flow board game, it's pictured here. Play it 10 times, play it with 10 friends, and then make up your mind. Yeah, then decide. Then you can decide, do you want to stay here and stay here, that's it, and have a 401k and stuff like that? Or would you want to venture into here? You mentioned here, you may become an inside investor. It's an inside investor doesn't touch stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETS, because those are for outsiders. These guys are outsiders here. You know, an insider wants this here. So the moment you buy real estate, as a, let's say a rental property, you're now on the inside. But you have more risk, which means you'll have to learn more. But staying with job security here is smart, but it also here is learning this is smart also. Yeah. And that way you're more balanced and all that, but you have a lot of time but make good use of your time. So congratulations knowing what you want to do. I hope you love being a nurse practitioner because that's a very worthy and noble profession. It is. And you're going to do very, very well into the future because all guys like me need you. Anything else you want to say about that? No, and I'm thankful for every nurse practitioner out there and I just do think it depends what game you want to play. And yeah. so if you love being a nurse practitioner, great. And if you want to see if you can make income another way while also doing what you love, then awesome also. So yeah. I think that's where the board again comes into play. Yeah. So you can be a nurse practitioner in all of these. I could be a school teacher here, a school teacher here, a school teacher here, a school teacher here. It's just my mindset. Yeah. That's, and skill sets, I have different skills. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, you know, make sure the profession you're in, you feel good about it in your soul and your spirit. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Am I doing good for the world? That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So thank you for the question. <laughs> thank you. All right, next question is, comes from Bryce Kimber. Hi, Robert, I am 15 years old and I'm wondering what advice do you have for someone my age? I love learning about real estate and can't wait to buy my first rental property. Is there anything I can do now to prepare? He's 15 years old. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like starting early, you know, I'll, I'll, I look at Tiger Woods, I think he was 10 or something, and uh, the Trump, you know, Donald Trump started when he was 15 in real estate. I started at nine. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of difference into the future here. And most people never figure out what they want to invest in because they think about other things here. So the most important thing is be interested in it. What I say to young people is this, is this like the nurse practitioner, do what you love, but also invest in what you love. See, if you love real estate, that's the next question. Mm -hmm. I love real estate. You know, I own this building here. I own a lot of real estate. But I love it. I love it. You know, I would, I would, I would buy every piece, you know. I, I see these old buildings. I want to buy them and fix them. You know, I want to take care of them. But that's personal. You know, it's like I'm doing what I love. Yeah. The other thing I suggest is always take courses. 
next thing is, because if you want to take seminars or go to YouTube and you know, study from other, other people in real estate, but be careful who's giving advice, who's teaching you. But most importantly, you start to meet friends who are like you. And then after that, you, you say, well, how big do I want to be? So like, you know, Trump and I started off small, became bigger. Because not that the buildings increased in size, but our knowledge increased. And so the people who invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, they take the easy road, their knowledge doesn't increase. Mm -hmm. That's why I've said several times, I wouldn't invest with Warren Buffett, although I could have made a, money, a lot of money investing with Warren Buffett. Why? Because I would learn nothing. I'd be a rich man who knew nothing. And so the question is great, but it's up to you to decide what you want to be. Yeah. A rich man who knows a lot, or a rich man who knows nothing? Big question. Yeah. Thank you, Bryce, and congratulations. Uh, the fourth question is, one of the more, oh, this is one of the most popular questions from the episode where um, we talked about the gold and silver. And so it says, where does one buy gold and silver? A bunch of people ask that. Where do they buy it? Yeah, that's a very important question, again, because it's who you buy from. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of guys online, and, and most are honest, yeah, probably 80% are honest. It's like 80-20 rule, it's called Pareto's Law, 80-20. So 80% are honest. Um, but be careful what they sell you. Like the only way that most these guys make money is they're gonna sell you what's called a numismatic coin, which means a collectible coin. So this is, you know, I, I could buy a 2020 silver eagle, or I could buy a 1920 silver eagle. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you, well, 1920 is more valuable than 2020. That's numismatic, is how collectible is it? That's a whole different way of investing. Mm -hmm. The other thing they'll tell you is buy silver mining shares or gold mining shares. That's a whole nother investment strategy. So it depends on, it depends on who sells it. But there's a lot of people always advertising, but you, you gotta be careful also. So these are the three people I've been buying from for years. They're very smart people. They sell numismatic as well as collectible. Some also sell mining shares. So those are the differences, but I tell you this much, I've been dealing with them for years. They're honorable, they're credible, but you have got to know what you want to invest in. Awesome, thank you, Robert. So then Velmar would like to know um, any book that you're reading right now. There's two types of books I read. One are spiritual books, like Eckhart Tolle, you know, yeah. The New Earth, and there's also a singer who wrote Untethered Soul. So I want to read spiritual books. But I also read financial books. And so the, the latest one I read was The Road to Ruin or Aftermath by Jim Rickards. And these guys are very smart guys at what's going on inside the financial system. So those are the two books. And then the, my latest guy, which I just started, was this guy, uh, Jordan Peterson. And it's something about the 12 rules for life or something like this. This guy's brilliant. I absolutely love reading him because his insights into the world. So we have a question here from Eric, and he asked, is it true or fake that you built an addition onto your house to store all of your glasses? That's almost true. I had to, <laughs> I have a whole section of room dedicated to my glasses. But, but let me tell you another story on that is that I used to have perfect vision because a pilot. And the trouble with getting old is, you know, things get weaker. So I remember driving my Ferrari, my little red Ferrari up the freeway, 
And my eyeballs went like this. I nearly crashed. Oh my, goodness. my eyes just gave, let go. And, and they, they have to put prisms in them. And so my glasses are like $2,000 each. And I went from having no glasses to expensive glasses. Wow. And now I had this thing, I had to put you know, f frames on them and all this. I didn't know what looks good. And I'm a guy. Mm -hmm. So I got these, these are the blue ones, right? I got, yeah. I got more compliments off these blue ones because being a guy, the only person that counts are young women. <laughs> so I went, I went, I was in a store in Singapore. I went up to this girl and had this massive frames all over the place. I've never seen so many frames. And I asked her, I said, what glasses should I use? Why? And she just went to the thing. She says, this is you. So I put these blue frames on. And ever since then, I don't use the other frames. And I have, I have like three others I use. But now I have four or five of these because mm -hmm. it, it sort of became my signature. Now, I wish I could say I have good taste. I chose them. No, it was this beautiful young Chinese girl who says, I look good in them. So I bought them. <laughs> and that's why I, have this, I do have a lot of glasses, but I only use a few today. Yeah. But anyway, that's why I wear these glasses. <laughs> if I had any taste, I don't know what I'd be wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Robert. And I mean, people do go crazy over your glasses. I, I, I personally love seeing which pair of glasses you're going to wear. Uh, maybe tomorrow there'll be a different pair. Uh, anytime, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> thank you, and thank you so much, Robert, for answering the questions That's of the fun. community. Th thank you for supporting Millennial Money. Yeah, thank you, and we'll do this again soon. So I'll see you guys in the next one and ask any questions so you can have a chance to be featured in the next video. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.